0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Damien Barr, welcoming you to another Salon exclusive, where you get to be the first to hear about the upcoming books we're most excited about. Today's very special episode features a book that is going to take 2021 by storm. Everybody's gonna be talking about it. Everybody's gonna be trying to get their hands on a copy. And as ever, you're first to hear. The Prophets is about a forbidden love story between two slaves, Samuel and Isaiah, on a Mississippi plantation in the 19th century. The writing is sublime and lyrical, which works in counterpoint to the descriptions of suffering. It is a very emotional read about two teenage boys who just want to live in love but who've been caught up in the most inhumane chapter of American history, punished for the colour of their skin and who they choose to love. We'll let debut author Robert Jones Jr. read an extract for you now. Let's have a listen.
1: Greetings, everyone. My name is Robert Jones Jr. and I'm very excited to be reading for you exclusively on Damien Barr's Literary Salon from my debut novel, The Prophets. The Prophets is my attempt to reinscribe into the cultural and historical narratives a figure that has been demeaned, ignored, or erased, the black queer figure. And I do that by showcasing the love between two enslaved men on a plantation in the U.S. South in the mid 19th century, demonstrating how that love affects everyone witnessing it and bringing to light the lineage from which this love derives. It's a novel, yes, but it also feels like testimony because I often felt as though my hand was guided and my thoughts inhabited by the ancestors for whom I am writing. And in that spirit, I'd like to read an excerpt that takes a look at the love of Samuel and Isaiah, the main characters, and their fraught but enduring love. They were in the barn and it was dark. Neither felt like lighting a torch or a lamp, so they just pushed out some hay and covered it with the peace cloth blanket Beyonce had made them. And then they both lay down on their backs. Samuel exhaled, and Isaiah broke the quiet with, Yes, sir. And that hit Samuel's ear differently then. Not a caress exactly, but still gentle. His creases were moist, and He tried to hide them even from himself. It was a reflex. Meanwhile, Isaiah turned on his side to face Samuel, and all of his soft parts were open and free, tingling without shame. They looked at each other, and then they were each other, there, both of them in the dark. All it took was a moment so both of them understood how precious time was. Imagine having as much of it as you wanted, to sing songs, or to wash in a glittering river beneath a lucid sun, arms open to hold your one, whose breath was now your breath. Inhale, exhale, same rhythm, same smile returned. Samuel didn't know he had the heat, until he felt Isaiah's. Yes, recollections came in pieces. Depending on what was trying to be recalled, they could come in shambles. Samuel had started slopping the hogs when the pin that had been stabbing at his chest all morning had finally broken through. It had only a little blood on its tip, but the blood was there all the same, who knew blood could talk. He had heard others speak of blood memory, but that was just images, wasn't it? Nobody ever said anything about voices. But last night, Isaiah had brought so many of them with him into the barn on the end of his question, a question that had smashed all of their established rules, the ones they had come up with between them, the ones that so many of their people understood. Samuel tossed the hogs more food. He ignored the pin sticking out from his chest and the whispering blood, which was now coming forth as a droplet, not unlike rain, carrying within its own multitude, its own reflections, a world, a whole world inside. He began to feel hot and itchy you ever wonder where your ma'am? Before then, he was able to avoid the pinch of such inquiries, lose them in the abundant sorrow that permeated the landscape. No one asked each other about the scars, missing limbs, tremors, or night terrors, and so they could, therefore, be stashed in corners behind sacks, cast in waters, buried underground. But there was Isaiah digging around for shit he had no business digging around for talking about he ain't mean. Then why did he say? Samuel thought they had a deal. Leave the bodies where they fucking lay. They were in the dark last night so Isaiah couldn't see thankfully that Samuel shifted on the ground almost stood up and announced that he was heading to the river where he would submerge himself and never resurface. Instead, he sat there, muscles flexing under the strain of grasping for something not there. He blinked and blinked, but it didn't stop his eyes from burning. What kind of question was this? He had let out a breath in a huff Even in the dark, he could feel Isaiah's calm anticipation, its steady, relentless tugging, coaxing him to open himself up yet again. But had he not opened himself up wide enough, no one else had known what it was like, what it looked like, felt like, tasted like, deep inside of him but Isaiah. What more could he give that wasn't everything already? He wanted to hit something, grab an ax and hack at a tree, or maybe wring a chicken's neck. The quiet between them was stinging. Samuel took a deep breath as the shadow of a woman rose in the dark just at his feet. Darker than the dark, she stood naked, breasts hanging, hips wide, She had a face that was somehow familiar, though he had never seen it before. Further, a shadow in the dark had made no sense. They were daytime denizens, and yet there she was, a black that made night jealous, with eyes that were themselves questions. Could this be his mother, stirred up by Isaiah's broken pact? Did that mean he was a shadow, too? Suddenly, she pointed at him. Startled, he spoke suddenly. Maybe. No way to ever know. Maybe she made Isaiah speak too? As the hogs ate, Samuel tried to wipe the blood from the pin and remove it from his chest. He stopped when he heard a noise in the distance. He wasn't sure if it was the rustling of weeds or a yell. He looked toward the trees and he saw something. It looked like the shadow. It had come back in the morning light as a reminder. Conjured up by an inquiry, it would now roam everywhere he roamed because that is what he had heard mothers were supposed to do. Watch every move their child made until such time that the child was no longer a child and it was then the former child's duty to create life and watch it bloom or watch it wither. Zay, come on over here and see this. Samuel pointed out toward the woods. Isaiah ran up beside Samuel. Ain't you going to apologize for what you said to me? I did that. You just ain't hear me. But look, there, that there, moving. The trees? Isaiah was quick with those words, distracted, wanting to discuss the other thing. No, no, that thing there. Don't know what. A shadow? Isaiah squinted and he saw a flutter. I I don't. You saw it? Yeah, don't know what it is. Let's go see. And get whooped for being near the edge? Bah, Samuel said, but he also didn't budge. As they both peered into the edge, what had first been black became white. As James the overseer emerged from the army of trees, he was followed by three of the two bob in his charge. You think they found somebody, Samuel said, oddly relieved that it was James and not the shadow? They say you could tell by the ears, Isaiah replied, looking at James and his men. By how the bottom part hang, but I can't see from here. Maybe they just patrolling. Ain't it time for the call to the field? Uh Uh-huh. Neither of them moved as they watched the men work their way across bush and weed, still walking along the perimeter toward the cotton field, which stretched to the horizon and sometimes looked as though its clouds touched the ones in the sky. Empty began to show signs of life as other people emerged from their shacks to look the light in the face. Samuel and Isaiah waited to see who, if anyone, would acknowledge them. These days, only Maggie and a few others had kept them in their graces for some reason. The sound of the horn startled Isaiah. I ain't never gonna get used to that, he said. Samuel turned to him. If you right-minded, you don't have to. Isaiah sucked his teeth. Oh, you happy here, Zay? Sometimes, Isaiah said, looking into Samuel's eyes. Remember the water? Samuel found himself smiling, even though he didn't want to. And one got to think, and not just do, to be happy, Isaiah said, returning to the question Samuel asked. I reckon we should get to thinking then. The horn sounded again. Samuel looked toward the sound over by the field. His eyes narrowed. Then he felt Isaiah's hand on his back. Isaiah held it there, calm and steady, the heat from it not making things worse a moment which would pass too quickly and yet couldn't pass quickly enough. It was almost as if Isaiah were holding him up, pushing him forward, giving him something to lean on when the legs got a little weary. Still, Samuel said, not in the light. Still, Isaiah kept his hand there for a moment more. He then started to hum, He would do that sometimes while stroking Samuel's hair as they lay together in the dead of night and that would make Samuel's sleep a bit easier. Samuel wore an expression that said, enough now, but in his head, etched across his mind in bright shining voice was Isaiah soothing. He always a soothing thing.
0: I could easily listen to a whole audiobook read by him and I hope that he's doing it. Published by Riverrun, The Prophets is available now in all good bookshops. As always, we recommend you buy from your local indie. This is a book not to miss, so pre-order now. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.